0: This is episode 20 of Beyond the Bulletin. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Beyond the Bulletin. I'm Brandon Sweet, editor of the Daily Bulletin.
1: And I'm Pamela Smythe, media relations manager.
0: We're coming to you not quite live from East Campus 5. Thank you for joining us as we go Beyond the Bulletin.
1: Like we do every week, we're going to talk about some of the top stories featured in the Daily Bulletin and look ahead to what's happening inside and outside Ring Road.
0: We'll also take the opportunity to speak with people and personalities on campus about key issues that matter.
1: On the interview this time, Kimberly Snage from Human Resources talks to us about Workday.
0: I suppose I should have said welcome back to the Beyond the Bulletin podcast.
1: Did you miss us?
0: (laughs) I know I did. as we took a break last week that was one part Thanksgiving and one part fall reading week related. Now, here's what's happening. With cold and flu season coming up, and yes, it's that time of year again, you might be wondering whether to get a flu shot this year. The answer is yes. Campus Wellness is offering flu clinics in October and November to help make it easy and convenient to get your flu vaccine and help stop the spread of influenza.
1: Even healthy young people should get the vaccine, to avoid missing work or school, but also to avoid spreading influenza to people who might not have well-developed immune systems, which could include babies, older relatives, or people with medical conditions who could develop serious complications from the flu. According to the Public Health Agency of Canada, flu kills about 3,500 people per year in Canada and puts 12,500 people in hospital.
0: Public health officials encourage those people in high-risk categories to get the flu shot. These categories include pregnant women, adults and children with chronic health conditions, all children 6 to 59 months of age, people 65 years of age and older, people of any age who are residents of nursing homes and other chronic care facilities, and Indigenous people. The flu clinics for those in the high-risk categories run from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on October 29th, 30th, 31st, and November 5th, 6th, and 7th, all at health services. The community flu clinics run on November 12th, 13th and 14th in the Student Life Center's multi-purpose room.
1: We'll put links to the clinic schedule in our episode notes on SoundCloud.
0: And there's still time to have your say on employee benefits. Human Resources and the Pension Benefits Committee are offering Waterloo employees an opportunity to complete an online survey about current University of Waterloo benefits as part of a holistic benefits review.
1: The survey specifically deals with feedback on health care including prescription drugs, medical services, and supplies, and dental disability, sick leave and long-term disability, and life insurance.
0: It does not include pension, the employee and family assistance program, tuition, vacation, or other policies and benefit entitlements.
1: Participation in the survey is voluntary and respondents may decline to answer any questions or withdraw from the survey at any time without consequence. The survey is anonymous and no individual will be identified at any time.
0: Now, the Pension and Benefits Committee can't promise to accommodate all preferences, but they feel that employee input is essential for good guidance on where to best focus their efforts. The survey is available online through Qualtrics, and responses will be accepted until Monday, October 28th. We'll put a link to the survey in our episode show notes.
1: For more information about the survey, please contact benefits at uwaterloo.ca. A paper version of the survey is also available at the Human Resources reception desk.
0: Now, Here's what's coming up. So the release date for this episode, October 25th, marks the first day of the University of Waterloo's 119th Convocation Ceremonies, which take place October 25th and 26th in the Physical Activities Complex.
1: There are 1,500 eligible graduates who will cross the stage over four ceremonies and up to 2,500 family members, friends, staff, faculty members, and VIPs who will attend each ceremony as well. That brings the total for all ceremonies to nearly 12,000 attendees. Including graduates.
0: That's impressive mm. for uh, the fall convocation. So congratulations to all our graduates and their family members and friends as they mark this important milestone on their educational journey.
1: Tell me again, what's the difference between a graduate and a graduand?
0: Is not a graduand someone who has not yet crossed the stage to receive their diploma, and once they have, they are considered a graduate?
1: Right, so when they're sitting there waiting, they're a graduand. That's right. And when they cross the stage...
0: Something, well, something magical happens <laughs> there is like a, a sprinkling of fairy dust and everyone's gowns they, just sort of ho- and their hoods just you know float. They
1: start as a gra- no wait until the provost says
0: oh until i'm he, invited he reads you're the,
1: invited to our my family he reads whatever the whatever invocation it it's
0: yeah. all very mystical <laughs> also ahead uh On Wednesday, November 6th, you're invited to learn how the Committee on Student Mental Health has been implementing the PAC-SMH recommendations at a special student mental health forum. The PAC-SMH, of course, refers to the President's Advisory Committee on Student Mental Health.
1: This is an opportunity to hear about the progress and next steps involved in supporting and improving student mental health. Vice President, Academic and Provost Jim Rush will host the Student Mental Health Forum, which will feature remarks from President Ferdinand Hamdalaupar and Professor John Hurdes, who is the chair of the Committee on Student Mental
0: Health. The forum is taking place as part of Thrive Week, which is a series of events spanning November 4th to 8th. Also included in that week is a mental wellness panel moderated by men's hockey coach Ben Finelli, a walk for mental health, student mental health training and other community building events
1: campus and community experts will be available after the event to answer questions and share more about mental health and well-being on the following topics prevention of mental health issues and promotion of mental health care strategies suicide prevention impact of trauma and sexual violence effects of racial injustice gender identity and sexual orientation and harm reduction approaches to substance use
0: you can register for the forum online and if you can't make it in person a live stream will be available to view We'll put the registration and live stream links in our show notes on SoundCloud.
1: And be sure to wear your Thrive t-shirts on Tuesday, November 5th. Available online on the Waterloo website on a first-come, first-served basis.
0: The University of Waterloo will also be participating in the Learning Partnerships National Take Our Kids to Work Day on Wednesday, November 6th.
1: I love Take Our Kids to Work Day. It's fun.
0: Yes, this is an event for the grade 9 children of university staff, faculty, and students. Grade 9 students can participate in a career-focused day with workshops and hands-on opportunities based out of the centre in Needles Hall. There will be a variety of workshops and sessions for them to participate in, so register online today.
1: Didn't they always do that? I thought the kid just comes and shadows their parent.
0: I could be mistaken, but this might be the first or second year that they've done... Uh, something, uh, some programming actually it's involved. It's robust. It is robust. That's it, great. And it'll be more robust the more people who sign their kids up. So Good. sign their, sign your kids up today.
1: Check-in for the event will begin at 8.30 a.m. on November 6th. Volunteers will lead students from the center to each session. There will be a two-hour break from 11.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. for you to spend time with your child and have lunch.
2: Aww. Yeah.
1: Students will end their day back at the center and be ready to be picked up at 2.45 p.m.
0: Sounds like a lot of fun.
1: I'm telling you, it is fun. I remember when you brought your kids.
0: Oh, uh, yes, my daughter did not particularly enjoy her, her take, take her kid to work day. Why?
1: Because you made her work?
0: I did make her work. She, she uh, got a, uh, uh, an er- early exposure to uh, life in the cubicle farm <laughs> and discovered that it was not for her. And now, the interview. Last January, the university rolled out Workday, a cloud-based system for human resources. Kimberly Snage is Waterloo's director of human resources projects, technology, and analytics. She is here to talk about how the implementation of the new Workday system is going.
2: Thanks for being here, Kimberly. Thanks for having me. Why did we switch from the old system to Workday? So we've been on the PeopleSoft application for HR since 1998, and it's a customized software. So what that means is it's like custom building a house. We could change the walls, we could change the colors, we could add on to it, all sorts of great things we could do. But because we did that, when PeopleSoft released new functionality that we could use, we couldn't use it because our mm. house was already built and it couldn't change to the structures that they had built. And so what ended up happening is the needs of HR and the needs of employees couldn't be incorporated into the PeopleSoft application. We have to build a new house. Pretty much. <laughs> and and that's a very expensive thing to sure. do. Having said that, we invested a lot in the PeopleSoft application. Mm -hmm. And so what we wanted to do was evaluate, should we just completely level the house and start from scratch and take advantage of this new functionality? Or should we also go and see what else, what other technology providers there Mm. are? And so we did a comparison between the two at that time. Also, the PeopleSoft application we were currently using wasn't going to be supported anymore. So we either had to knock that house down and build it back up quick Mm. or go to market for something else. And it would have been at our expense. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so, um, and so how did you go about making that switch? So we went um, to post what's called a request for proposal out and had technology vendors bid on that, and we had... A group of 75 individuals, actually, that came and supported this process. So they met with all of the vendors, and we did complex scoring. We shortlisted it to three, and then we made a selection amongst the group of us. 75 staff members? Yes. Faculty? Oh. Yeah, staff and faculty. Yep. Mm. They were invited to participate in the process. So we kind of selected it together. And Workday was chosen because it is cloud-based software. So we were transitioning from the custom build your house to kind of a suite in an apartment building, where Mm. we're going to change the walls and, and the colors a little bit. But in essence, we're keeping that foundation and everything whole. So everyone's working off the same, and you could take advantage of new functionality, and it would grow with where we were growing. Mm. So as our needs changed, they're already quite far ahead, and we can take advantage of, of new features. And it, it had a lot of consumer-friendly Type features to it so right that's can where it, like what can it do that the other system couldn't do How so mobile better? for sure so oh. being able to request a vacation look at your vacation balance for employees and managers all online on your mobile managers can even look at reports on their mobile so they mm. can get access to real-time data look at their organizational structures the employees can see their benefits information and dependence and make yeah. changes even oh. from the mobile application because people is, travel so much or they're They live on their phone, so that's important. They do, We couldn't even look at it on our phone before,
1: or was it just impossible to read?
2: Well, it was impossible to read because it wasn't rendered, as they Mm. say, to a mobile device. But even then, employees didn't have access to that information before. Okay. So we weren't able to release, and that's part of that custom-built house that we made. It was maybe back in the 1980s, 1990s, as opposed to the newest features that you can get now. So what else can I do? Yeah. So I think for managers, the real benefit is being able to see real-time organizational charts, which they haven't been able to before. And they can do transactions from those organizational charts right on the spot. So they can look at anything from an employee's training record to looking at their absences, to supporting um, performance and compensation processes, things that they've never been able to do before. We put in better best practices and a better cadence to review who has access to what information. Can you give me an example? So One of the challenges with the PeopleSoft application is we had different people assigned to roles, let's say to enter time for employees, so how much time a casual individual worked. So Workday, we've provided individuals with a certain role, but we do have notifications and reporting that tells us when people move in and out of those positions. So Mm -hmm. if someone has access to do that, but they switch positions within the organization, we know relatively quickly and we can remove that access. I think for us, one of the, the challenges that we've had since we went live was access to information, we've restricted the amount of of roles. So we have about half a dozen roles. So you might have an employee role or a manager role, and someone else might have a timekeeper role because they enter time. We've restricted the number of roles, which makes it challenging for people to sometimes access data if they have broader responsibilities. So we're going to be increasing those roles. But when we do that, we have to be careful about what data that they might have access to. So there's a lot of detailed analysis that goes into that. Does this have any implications for people's privacy of their information? So we did a a detailed security audit before we went live with Workday, and they were considered to be the most sophisticated in terms of their systems. The servers, when we went live, were in Dublin, Ireland, which are considered the most secure. They've now been transitioned Hmm. to Canada. So all of our information is under Canada's um, different privacy acts. So all that information is greatly um, restricted. Also, again, because we have so few roles and we intentionally went live with that, and on the reporting side, we've really limited access to data. Um, We're just very being very cautious and pragmatic about how we issue that. So quite strategic about making sure that we truly understand who will have access to one information.
1: Bringing in something that's so massive, that affects so many people, that people... You know, have to deal with on a daily
2: basis? What have been some of the challenges with this whole process of implementing it? I think for us, probably the most notable on a large scale would be that we were the second institution in Canada to go live with Workday in higher education. So being the second client to go live had some hiccups because We knew that they had a lot of experience with higher education in the United States, but it was through the implementation process that we came to understand how different our needs were and how complex our organization is as a research-intensive university. So modifying the application to the limit that we can within that suite within an apartment was somewhat challenging because Hmm. some of the things that we needed just simply weren't built yet. So some areas that we experienced those challenges in were, let's say, time Timekeeping, mm-hmm. So we can have an individual who might have multiple positions with multiple cost centers. We could have a casual employee who might work in three different areas with three different titles under three different people with three different research and cost centers. So it, it creates more complexity. So uh-huh. the good news is we're building it with them, but it definitely has had its some pain points for both employees and, and managers on campus.
1: I was mentioning to a colleague that we're going to sit down in a couple of minutes and have this conversation. She said, oh, I love Workday. And I said, <laughs> you do? And she said, yes. I said, why? What do you like about it? And she said,
2: I just love that everything is there. And I find that it thinks the way I think, basically, is what she was saying. Some people will say that the user interface is the best thing and others will say that it's not because everyone has a different kind of feeling for how they like to interact with technology. So what Workday did is it got rid of menus altogether. Mm -hmm. And for people who like what we call the typical breadcrumbs, which is along the top or along the side, that's gone. And just simply typing a business process, it's just a different way of thinking. And it can return a search of lots of information as opposed Mm -hmm. to maybe one or two different things. So that's taken some getting used to. Some business processes or ways that people use the system is really easy couple clicks other ones actually are a bit more complex Mm. and so for those that touch the system day in and day out if they're managing time or um, detailed employee information at the faculty or staff level it can sometimes be a bit more complex so we're Mm. working with campus to do more mass upload let's say if they're um, entering information for 15 to 30 different employees we're finding ways to help them just put it in a spreadsheet and load it in oh just to make it easier so they don't have to keep Clicking on a bunch of different things. Oh, absolutely. So, there's good. some just dist- different enhancements that we're doing to support.
1: So, what's happened to these 75 people who
2: helped you in the beginning? Are they still involved? Well, we have two individuals in human resources, including our change management advisor, who's going to be going back out to campus just to have a conversation and to regroup with those 75 individuals to say, this is what we said we would deliver, and this is what you said your requirements are. Where are their gaps? How can we work with you to continue Hmm. to support the application? What additional features and enhancements would you like Hmm. to see? And then it it gives us a greater understanding of where more training is needed because sometimes there's there's still gaps in how to do certain things because you might do something on a pretty common basis and other things you might touch once or twice a year. So getting a refresher on that, understanding what those needs will be going into the next starter term in January will be important. I don't remember there being workday training. We had 40 different sessions. What? Yes. So we had those um, gearing up into go live and then we still had them. So we've had them throughout the summer and we also had an additional 10 sessions in the month of September just to be able to, August and September actually, to support campus with common transactions for start-of-term activities.
1: So how are you doing this going back out to campus and finding out where the pain points are?
2: So we've had consultation sessions since the beginning and we focused quite heavily on them in the summer. So Mm -hmm. we went out to... our faculty officers, so executive, financial, and administrative officers. We focused on um, individuals that have specific responsibilities like timekeeping or absence management and met with them to understand what their pain points were. We created a priority list and actually addressed that, committing to completing several things before September Mm. because that's a high volume of, of common transactions. And so we've implemented those and now we're going to start with the next set to make sure that campus has what they need going into the new year. And is
1: there a place where those are
2: listed? Where I can,
1: mm-hmm. we can share that link
2: in our show notes. Absolutely. So the Workday website, you okay. have to, it's authenticated. Yeah. But if you go through the Workday website, it has all of our upcoming sessions. All the sessions have taken place. And one thing that's actually. Um, is not quite common knowledge is all the Workday user guides are in there. So every transaction by transaction, you can click on any one of those user guides and it'll walk you through how to use the Workday application. Oh, great. Some people don't know that. Also within the Workday application itself, you can select on help that's right in the application to walk through any transaction as well. Really? Well, that sounds helpful. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What else do we need to know about Workday? So we're actually quite excited about where we're going um, in January. We're continuing to look at Workday enhancements that are happening. Workday's released some pretty neat functionality that will be coming early in the new year that's specific to artificial intelligence using blockchain technology, which is going to help make transactions simpler. They're building in um, chatbots within the application to help navigate. So these are all things that we get to take advantage of simply by switching to Workday. One of the other things we're quite excited about is with the release of those roles and more access to data, people will have access to dashboards, so visual charts to help them make decisions, managers and employees. And as we start to build more history, they'll be able to start seeing trends over time. Mm. And this is just something we could never have done in the PeopleSoft application specifically within Workday. Mm. So we're excited to give more access to data, release more self-service features for managers and employees. And well, that's one of the reasons why we we bought the software is because it's constantly changing, and so being able to continue to improve that user experience with the latest technology is what we need. Excellent. We we, we have a lot of work to do, and we still want to make this the best experience we can. But we're pretty we're pretty confident that. We're going to get there. And if people do have um, suggestions or concerns about it, who do they talk to? HR Help at uwaterloo.ca is our common one mm. um, where individuals can just send an email about any questions or concerns. And then the HR partner team as well will hear any mm. concerns from managers and things like that. And I am always get emails as well. So okay. we're, we're willing to do whatever we can to help. Okay. Thank you. Can really much Thanks. appreciate it.
0: Well, that about wraps it up for us this week. You can find additional information and links about the items we mentioned in today's episode in the show notes on SoundCloud. To ensure you don't miss an episode, subscribe to the Beyond the Bulletin podcast wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
1: And send us your feedback and comments to bulletin at uawadaloo.ca.
0: Thanks for listening as we went Beyond the Bulletin.
1: I saw your tweet about the
0: turkey. Oh, man. Turkey
1: and the the bounty that was at the university club. (laughs)
0: I got to tell you, Thanksgiving the, feast. the University Club, uh, its Thanksgiving luncheon never disappoints, and <laughs> 2019 was no exception. It was just amazing. And uh, that was the first of th- three turkey meals that I managed to consume over the course of that holiday weekend.
1: I haven't had my Thanksgiving yet. I was away.
0: We should get on that.
1: Yeah. You want to come? <laughs> want to make it four?
0: Nice. <laughs> <laughs>